So, I'm now disappointed by the lack of space meth in The Last Jedi. You want to buy some death sticks? We should have had Brian Cranston show up and say that, and I the whole movie would be saved. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Um, I'm your host, Montana. I'm joined by my co-hosts. Hi, I'm Alex. <laughs> and I am Noah. Yeah, we're using that one. That's fine. Yeah, this, <laughs> we are somewhat the, sober, which is uh, very, I uh, think, obvious by that. Well, I we this is the second episode we recorded tonight, so we're already we're already into it a bit here. We're already a little <laughs> sauced. Bear um, with us, please. Today I'm drinking, uh, well, just your good old Jameson Black Barrel uh, mixed with a little Coke Zero. Um, once this runs out, I have some Ermel's uh, Belgian Cream uh, Ale, which is from a local brewery in Dayton called Warp Wing. Are you allowed to tell people you work for them? Uh, I already simped pretty hard for in the first episode, so I'm good. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a American Double IPA called Space Metal Dinosaur from the Lone Pine Brewing Company out of Portland, Maine. And on the back of the can, it says Space Metal Dinosaur. In space, no one can hear you shred. Which is actually why I bought the can, because that's fucking awesome. I thought it was going to say, in space, no one can hear you, dinosaur. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't have to. It's that funny. does. No one can hear you go extinct. But it's covered in <laughs> pictures of triceratops and guitars in outer space. It's, it's honestly, it's pretty dope. And it tastes very good, too. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> I am uh, trying to ration my beer, so I'm about to do a shot of uh, <laughs> peppermint <Jesus> schnapps. <laughs> oh my god! Which he he has <laughs> left over from Christmas, in case you haven't heard the other episode yeah. where he mentioned his peppermint schnapps. God damn it! That, that stuff is awful. <laughs> it All really right. is. That is as a vile concoction. You. Have I kind of like it. I kind of like it. It's your not taste honestly. In liquor is almost as bad as your taste in movies, as we will mm-hmm. discuss today. <laughs> Um, so I will say, honestly, that shot wasn't that bad going down. It was the coming back out the other end. Yeah. Oh, I shit myself so bad the next day. (laughs) At least you had a squatty potty. Exactly. Made the ride so much smoother. Okay. So this is, uh, if you've heard any of our other episodes that have been out so far, you can see that the dynamic of this group is we have very different we have very different tastes and different things, and we couldn't really settle on what this podcast was going to be about. So we're all we're just kind of doing our own thing. Fucking each of us, everything. Yeah, each of us has different influences and tastes and different genres and styles. So we thought, why not just each of us gets to head our own series or segment, whatever you want to call it. Um, so today we are debuting the series that I like to call uh, "Tipsy in Tinseltown." where we discuss uh, movies, TV shows, and occasionally we'll talk about music. Um, it's probably just going to branch off into whatever we feel like talking about, but there will be a trending theme per episode. As well as our unique tastes in genres and life itself, we have very unique opinions and tastes when it comes to film and you know movies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, TV shows, we all have... Uh, Alex hasn't even seen the original Indiana Jones movies, which I think is a just... God, that but he has be... seen Crystal Skull, dude. See, the issue is I couldn't even tell you, like, the difference between them. I don't know which one is which. Oh, my God. You are hurt. My childhood is screaming 
inside of me, there's like a 10 year old just howling in pain at what you're saying. But I, I love movies. You do. We yeah. All do. Yeah. That's how he gets his best night's sleep is when he falls asleep at the movie theater. <laughs> That's true. Back, back when there were movies in the theater. Honestly, yeah. This reclining seat just put me right to sleep. So, I I thought today, uh, to kickstart this series, uh, we, could st- we could talk about a movie franchise that we all have extremely different opinions on. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Wars today. So, And specifically, real quick, we're going to talk about the prequels. Alex, this is why I left you in the dark, because I Good. wanted to just l- put you on the spot without any preparation. So... We will be talking about all Star Wars media, and there was a lot of news uh, recently that came out about Star Wars. Lots of cool shit, game-wise, TV show-wise. Um, so there's lots lots of cool stuff that just came out that we, we can talk about. Um, so we will be talking about, you know, Mandalorian and all that stuff. So uh, spoilers. Spoiler warning. Yeah, go watch it. It's fun. Wait, wait. I, w- I want to clarify for the listeners. Star Wars is a very um, obscure, niche sci-fi film that many people haven't seen or right, heard of. Yeah. Um, it was it was directed by Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, it was directed by uh, Mickey Mouse in the year 2014. <laughs> that was the first Star Wars movie to ever come out. It's, it's, it's got like a cult following, you know? It's like a film thing. The first Star Wars movie that was originally part to be canon that will not be canon most likely in the next several years came out in 2015. I think um, we are going to have random man children screaming at us for saying that. I, oh, <laughs> oh, for sure. DM us on Twitter <laughs> and come at me. Come at me, bro. We won't check it, but come at us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. DM us. We will, when we get we will, back to you like four days later, we'll probably have thought of something. It's just how we text. We'll read it and we'll <laughs> laugh and we'll never respond. So the thing that I'm about to ask Alex to defend that he likes, that I think is stupid that he likes so much, it's something that everyone nowadays is saying is amazing. Of course, I am referring to right. the prequels. Um, something that Noah and I have made fun of Alex for being a genuine fan of for many, many years. Long before all you... Pre-Filoni. Pre- yeah, the pre-Filoni prequel defenders uh, yes. like Alex. The year was 5 PD. Oh, shit. Filoni starts with <laughs> yeah. an F. Uh, right. Yeah. The year was 5. <laughs> PF. Pre-Dave is what it was. Yeah, <laughs> BD before Dave. Before Dave. No, that's my that's my whole fucking thing. It's like everybody's a fucking hipster now and they love the prequels. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. They were good before Clone Wars. But like, wait, wait, I, I'm getting I ahead wanna, of myself. I want to clarify for the audience, dude. You love A Phantom Menace. I don't right? love it, but I definitely don't hate it. I love Revenge of the Sith. But what what part of The Phantom Menace do you enjoy? I enjoy... See, like, okay. this There's a lot of switchbacking here. Because there's nostalgic me, and then there's me that got Disney Plus and immediately watched all three of the prequels back to back. And I, <laughs> like, had my, <laughs> I had my realization, and I was like, okay, I get people's gripes with young Anakin. It would have been a little bit cooler and a little less creepy if they aged him up and Padme wasn't such a pedophile. But it, like, as a kid, it was so fucking cool to me. Okay, 
something you also have to understand about me. I fucking love politics. So there we go. This is what I was trying to reach us to. <laughs> this trilogy where a lot of it is like espionage and like Senate politics. I fucking love that shit. You give me a trade embargo. I will lose my shit is fucking awesome. That's well, that is why you are such a unique person, because I've never heard anyone go. Yes. You know what I loved in The Phantom Menace? Not Darth <laughs> Maul. Not, you know, the, the score by John Williams is stellar. Regardless of what's happening on screen, that dude is solid. Oh, duh, yeah. But I've never heard anyone else go, yes, the fucking trade embargo. Oh, just see, screaming my jeans thinking about the Senate. I, I want, like, a House of Cards style show set in that era of the Republic that's just Senate politics. You I would literally House come. of Cards? Okay, but that's my point, Alex, <laughs> is that even, okay, I'm okay with you liking the politics of it. I'm okay with the the idea that the espionage and all that shit is, like, the driving force. But you reference House of Cards. Here's the difference. House of Cards is written well. That's my point. <laughs> if you like that stuff, wouldn't you prefer it to be written a bit more and, coherently than... Wait. Okay. We're, we will talk about this in a minute. I will get to it because I want to talk about <laughs> Phantom Menace. I want to mention something before we get away from House of Cards. I think yes. Jar Jar Binks is also a rapist, so he and Kevin Spacey are on the same level. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a good way to start. Um, Darth Kevin. We will Even get, if he's not, the whole Padme Anakin thing is reminiscent of Kevin Spacey. We will get to the Phantom Menace. Don't don't you worry. We will get to that because I have a lot of stuff to say about it. Alex, I know you've got a lot of stuff to say about it. Noah, you probably also have oh, a lot I'm of stuff Oh, I'm just going to make sound effects for all the lightsaber stuff. And I will say, whether you are a prequel defender now or had been, I guarantee you your reasons for defending the prequels are not the same as his. Yeah, they are not the same <laughs> at all. That's and good. That's, it's good. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. People. Because I even these people online who I, I read are like defending the prequels all of a sudden. You brought up a point about Revenge of the Sith, or at least I heard you mention it. To me, every time... You can and yes, you can say these are these people are defending the prequels not because of Dave Filoni, which I very much agree with, and we'll talk about that too. I think that every time I hear about it, it's always Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith. No one talks about mm -hmm. Attack of the Clones or pre or Phantom Menace. Say that five See, more times. I fast. really like Attack of the Clones as well, though. I would like to point out something. Alex and I years ago, <laughs> I knew you were Christmas say this. Eve. No, no, because this actually shockingly improved the movie. This improved it because it became like. An hour of Obi-Wan and Jango Fett, which was awesome. But, which is the best part about the movie. Oh, yeah. What we did is every time Anakin and Padme were alone on screen, we skipped the scene. <laughs> so it shortened the movie by like 30 minutes. But it became this epic story of the Jedi investigating Kamino and the bounty hunter. And it just stuck with them. And it was great. And we didn't have to deal with any like, I'm going to float a pair over to your your soft bosom with my force pervy powers or any of that shit. But see, that's like the whole them falling in love is the death of the Republic. Like not a thing. It wouldn't have fallen apart if Anakin didn't fall in love with her. I know it's important for the plot, but having known that it happens, it was more fun for me to just watch Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan <laughs> is easily the best part of the prequels. But we can at least agree that as far as a film, take, take away that it's Star Wars and the prequels and whatever, as far as a film goes, the the Phantom Menace and the Attack of the Clones, in many aspects, there's bad writing in terms of the dialogue because nobody talks like, you know, I hate sand. 
I caress your back, and everything here is soft and smooth. Okay. You're in my very dreams, tormenting me. I wish that I could wish away my feelings. Who the fuck talks like that? No. Well, after See, that I movie came out, a whole bunch of angsty 12-year-olds started saying that shit. They did. Yeah. Sure. But I think it's like a if you visualize it in like a conceptual way, panning it over like a Ro- Roman Empire, Roman Republic kind of thing. Like, whenever a giant empire collapses, you lose a lot of... Um, intelligence and you lose a lot of culture and stuff. I think I lost some intelligence watching some of these movies. Okay, (laughs) shut the fuck up. So I think the point kind of was like everything's dirty and everything's more simple in the original trilogy and I think part of it is like he tried to give them this more sophisticated dialogue so like yes Anakin talks like a fucking robot or whatever but he uses a more like eloquent way of speaking and I think Padme does the same because it's a different era. It's an era where everything is far more like you're taught in school. You like okay, Anakin's a fucking slave kid, but well, the point is like you. Sp- okay, but do yeah. you think okay whether or not I agree or disagree with that statement? My biggest thing is when I keep hearing you know like people talking about how that was the original intention this entire time. I guarantee you, <laughs> half of what you just said. Is some was someone else in a book or whatever trying to explain why it was that way? I mean, the same thing is true for the originals, though, where George Lucas was just making it up. He's like, you know what? Leia should kiss Luke, and then the next movie, he was like, they should be siblings. He right. definitely, <laughs> when they kissed, he was not thinking they were siblings. I guarantee it. But that's the point I'm trying to make here about Lucas. I'm really just talking about Lucas right now because I I agree with you, Alex, on the sense that. There could be all these other reasons that explain why it they talk this way or why this is a certain thing. I, I can't imagine George Lucas sitting at a desk genuinely because you can see in behind the scenes writing out, you know, he hadn't even finished a draft of the script before they started building sets and costumes because he is a he was thinking of worlds and and and, yeah. and, and that's total, the I first. I totally get that. Like world building I do too. is a very different strength than writing a story. I love the era of the Clone Wars Republic before uh, the originals take place. I actually love that time period. That's one of my favorite stuff. But again, it's because you have stuff now like Clone Wars. You have books and, and video games. I just feel like there is a lot of stuff that people defend now about it that was never th- didn't exist before. it wasn't there yeah it wasn't yeah, there it before was. and george lucas was not intending for that but people went in and started to defend it because they wanted it to be this way and i'm not disagreeing with if that's the case or if that's okay or not i'm just saying that as far as movie is made by this guy L- lucas this was lucas's intention or not you know i just i think that you know all this the reason people defend it now and say it's great and good is because of the stuff that's come after it so i don't know right i totally get that um backtracking a little bit have you ever seen what the original cut of a new hope was before george lucas's then wife now ex-wife like helped him edit out a shitload of it yes oh i yes i, I, it's I have so different. no idea what it's you're so talking bad about. so fill me in it's fill me terrible in. fill me in it's like so I no you idea. know how like he t- he talks about going to Tashi station to get power converters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He like the whole beginning of the movie is him going to Tashi station to get power converters or whatever the fuck, and he like sees the space battle from um 
what's the fucking planet called? Tatooine. Tatooine. Oh, like he sees And then it, in the it pans sky? to the space battle. Yeah. Okay. And then he like pans up to it. And it's like so much exposition of dumb bullshit of him just running around the desert for no reason. You know, Mark Hamill actually went to a gas station called Kashi with a power converter. I don't think that's true. No, he posted <laughs> it on Instagram. I saw it. So I, I want to say um, with the prequels as well as the originals, I think that regardless of what is explained later, what is created later to explain certain things, or if some things like the sequels, Disney movies come out and people are now like, well, this is fucking terrible. We hate these. So the prequels are actually better by default. I don't agree with that. As a film standpoint alone, just because something new exists, because let's be real, and Alex, as a prequel defender since the prequels came out, you can probably, and you've said it already, <laughs> it probably pisses you off that all these people are now like, well, the prequels are amazing and they're these secret masters. Right. No one was I saying mean, that. Nobody was saying that. And honestly, it's kind of nice to have people that enjoy it as well because they just like people liking movies. But yeah, Alex no, is the ultimate hipster, fuck though. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I tried. <laughs> I tried rewatching Rise of Skywalker on Disney Plus. Five minutes in, I was like, nope. And I turned on Revenge of the Sith, and I had a blast. And I and I. But see, the worst part of that just little addendum: Rise of Skywalker is probably my favorite of those three. I disagree. I actually what? like the Force Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens is the best I, of the three, bro. I fucking hate The Force Awakens because it's a new hope. It's literally okay. just a new yeah, hope. Yeah, that's but what I that's fucking like, hate that's that what movie. the Star Trek movies did. They just retold the same story. Okay, I've never movie. seen Star if Trek. We can talk about J originals. If you talk about J.J. Abrams alone too, in his whole style of filming, we could we we could talk about that, but that would take a whole episode in itself. As J. J. and Abrams. if you're gonna talk about J.J. Abrams. Every like three minutes of talking, you have to just stop and go yeah, lens, lens flare. flare and yeah. <laughs> pocket sand, lens flare. Yeah. I mean it it's <laughs> it's a. Uh, so I will say for those of us that aren't Alex that needed a palate cleanser from what was the prequels, doing a movie like hold on. <laughs> hold on, he's, like a, he's refueling the sex the machine over there. Sounds <laughs> Sounds like the. Uh, um, I think that the Force Awakens had to play it safe like that. I don't think they did that on purpose to be like, oh, they're never gonna notice. You know, we're gonna fuck these people over and just make them come back and watch something they've seen before. I, I feel like you know that was the it, okay. This we have to again we have to think about this in, out of the context of what became the Star Wars Disney legacy. Sure. When that was all it was at the time, that was it. You know, Disney bought the the franchise from Lucas this was the first thing that we saw from them it had to be a safe bet it had to be similar and familiar See, because I disagree I totally I know you do but let me that. let me finish my point because I know you do um for those it, <laughs> it had to it. because at the time the ratio of likes the prequels to hates the prequels is everybody in the world to Alex <laughs> So, seven billion to one is that is that the math yes, you're uh but like people like my parents for example like the people who grew up with you know the original trilogy as kids it had to be similar because it had to recapture what star wars felt like to most people and then it set the stage for okay passing of the baton here are these new characters and then ryan johnson made the last jedi 
and that's when all this really started with like okay well, disney's fucking crazy i want to i actually want to take a second here because for one i rewatched the force awakens fairly recently with hannah and we mm-hmm. first we made a drinking game out of it which was super fun but i also like <laughs> i actually really appreciate that movie for being an enjoyable movie on its own right but we being our age and guys who are into, you know, Star Wars movies and stuff like that when we were kids, and because the prequels were coming out when we were the right age to be seeing them, we've got this nostalgia built around those and this nostalgia built around the original trilogy because that was what was introduced to us as this is Star Wars, now there's prequels coming out, and you watch those too. And when right. you're a kid, the prequels don't have flaws. They're just awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But my, what I have found out and I've actually found this out through my sister, Natalie. So I'll give her a shout out. Go, uh, if you guys need baked goods in the Dayton area, Natalie's Cake Co., <laughs> she is actually excellent. She's probably the best baker that I have ever tasted stuff from. She's baking my wedding cake. I trust her that much. Her reaction to the sequels is she loves them because it. she was obviously exposed to Star Wars because I'm her older brother, so she's seen bits and pieces or whatever, but she wasn't the right age to watch the prequels when they were coming out. And she wasn't that interested in the originals because they're much older uh, uh, at first. And then the sequels came out and she was actually totally pulled in by the Kylo Ren, Rey, like kind of weird relationship set up in The Last Jedi. And that is the best part of the sequels, let's be honest. I that is the best part of all of it. I mean, yeah, sure. But the the whole like we are coming at it from the standpoint of like, you know, Star Wars, Star Wars is still just not just, but it is a movie franchise and they're shooting for an audience that's younger and less exposed to it than we are. So with these new ones for kids, teenagers who aren't that like into it, these are, this is a great trilogy of movies to watch and get sucked into and doesn't have the like, wow, it's super like a new hope because they don't know what the hell a new hope is about because they haven't seen it or they haven't seen it in forever because they don't care about it. Yes, and you can yeah. run into the the argument of well, talking about new generations and everything. It's like, well, then that's why there's like a remake every twenty years of some movie franchise because, oh well, it's that's because Hollywood's for, running out of ideas. Yes, and you can argue that for the what the Force Awakens was too, but you are right that yeah. And here's the other thing, and let's be real here, no nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. <laughs> Oh my like, God. Star Wars fans <laughs> are the biggest critics and haters of that franchise it's, than anybody else. I don't know. Caitlin fucking hates Star Wars, dude. Oh, shit, dude. I know you guys just got a dog, but it's time to break it off. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay. But wait, wait. I want to take a, a quick moment. I'm opening a new beer, so I want to shout out to them. This is by Einstock, which is a Icelandic brewery. This is their Doppelbock. Which is their like holiday beer? Uh, Doppelbach. Was any of that English? Lit- it's Doppelbox. literally not, Alex. It's literally Icelandic. I know that was the like, <laughs> good shit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so, no. Um, but this—that's. Wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Gotta get the. Ooh. Yes. Oh, now I have <sighs> foaming beer all over myself. All right, continue. I clean myself up. I'm gonna cut in. My. <laughs> my biggest like I get appealing to a new generation, and you can totally do that. Like you should. You should have elements of what made the original trilogy so great, whatever, making it an adventure movie, less of a politics movie. I totally get that. But, like, the the pinnacle moment when I decided I hate the sequel trilogy was when Snoke is sitting on the throne, 
and Ray is there and she's watching the battle through the fucking telescope into space and she has to decide if she's going to choose the dark side or whatever and I it hit me and I was like this is the same fucking thing like like you set up this whole thing where there's an emperor and he has a apprentice that wants to betray him and take over and he propositions her to become his new apprentice or the other one wants to make a partnership and it's like this is the same fucking thing like you you spent one movie rehashing another one and then you use that to set up another movie that rehashes another thing that happened in the last one and then the third one just feels like a fucking like flying off in the left field like you came back somehow i'm going on a rant but the fucking point is like the whole trilogy just feels like nothing was accomplished every single movie you just have the republic is gone and then you have the 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 resistance is on the run and oh our, our commander's dead and and the resistance is the ragtag group. They, it, the whole thing is just, it's ragtag after ragtag after ragtag and nothing ever comes of it. What's the fucking point of fighting when all you do is lose and then you get rid of them and then they come back and what's the fucking point? There's no point to any of it. There's no resolution to anything. That's because they didn't plan it out. And it's very obvious when you watch them now back to back, there was no plan for the, yeah. for the sequels. There was not. It was, okay, let's make one movie that rekindles the idea of Star Wars to an older generation of fans, um, which was Force Awakens, which for the most part, let's be real here, again, same with everyone now loving the prequels when everyone hated them before. Everyone loved The Force Awakens when it came out. Oh, like, let's not forget yeah, that. I did. I still I still like that movie as I itself. I saw it three times. It is, it is a super fun movie. It was fun. It came out, for me, it came out, I was, in a, I was a junior in high school. Um, it was great. It was a great, one of the, Next to Infinity War, one of the best movie experiences I've ever had in a theater. Uh, it was great. And that's kind of the point, man. You have a movie like The Force Awakens, which is we just got one of the biggest IPs ever. Let's make something for the fans and give them something good. And then we'll, we'll worry about the rest when we get to it. And then you give The Last Jedi, the second movie... You go from com the committee style, J.J. Abrams, you know, 20,000 people had some hand in the writing and everything. You go from that to, hey, Ryan Johnson, who made Looper and directed episodes of Breaking Bad. Here is everything. Like, he literally <laughs> wrote and directed The Last Jedi. That was all him. They just said, Ryan Johnson, who made a pretty pretty good movie and a few good episodes of breaking bad i enjoyed looper i did too i think and then uh i have you seen uh have you seen knives out that he did <sighs> oh yes. it's been it's on amazon prime and i oh need to see God. it so bad Alex, well, knives to watch out it. is fantastic it is, it I, know, is I wanted fantastic. to see it in theaters and i forgot yeah you never got to it because of those reasons ryan johnson is a competent filmmaker and a writer wait so he, just, he did breaking bad he did a few episodes of breaking he bad did some of it he did a few so, episodes I'm now disappointed by the lack of space meth in The Last Jedi. <laughs> if we're going to introduce well, concepts like they need gas I mean, to go places and stuff like that, we should introduce space, like death sticks. I'm pretty sure have, spice is like drugs. Right. Well, there's yeah. a, you want to buy some death sticks? We should have had Brian Cranston yeah. show up and say that, and I, the whole movie would be saved. Just in the throne cancer. room, he shows up. Ryan Johnson is a competent filmmaker and I hated this movie when it came out I hated it because it was like you know Force Awakens is so much like Force Awakens is so over the top like 
this is Star Wars, this is what the originals were, but The Last Jedi is such a jarring shift. It's like, oh, here's this great shot from the end of The Force Awakens where Rey is giving Luke his lightsaber back, the lightsaber he hasn't seen since Bespin when he fought his father. What's the reaction? Oh, I'm going to fucking throw this over the cliff because fuck all of this. At first, <laughs> your instant reaction is, uh, that's not Luke. And even Mark Hamill himself was like, uh, that's not Luke. But then as yeah. you start to watch it more and you turn off, so you have, and I'll admit, you have to kind of shut off your, you know, brain, brain in The Force <laughs> Awakens a little bit because it's like, you're literally just, I'm just going to feel, it's going to be, oh, this looks cool and this feels good. So we're going to watch this and it's going to be great. And then Ryan Johnson's like, okay, but you need to turn your brain back on to watch this movie. And a lot of people, including my father, say that that is, you know, oh, he's saying that this movie's too smart for you. No, I just think he's trying to challenge you. And Ryan Johnson himself said that in many interviews and tweets. He said, you know, I want to challenge Star Wars fans on what they expect from a Star Wars movie. And the whole thing about Ryan Johnson is subverting expectations. And I don't think he did that perfectly. The movie definitely has a lot of problems. But Luke not being the Luke we expect and being a kind of curmudgeon and turning his back on the force to then redeem himself at the end. That's kind of an interesting plot point, And that's honestly not that bad. And it's really kind of fun and interesting. It's, it's, it's different and it's not what you expect because I think Alex, from what you were saying about how you like the prequels for being, um, you know, different. different. They're different. They're not. They may not be the most exciting at times. It's talking about stuff that most people would find boring, but it's it's different. So I would say on that front, you look at Ryan Johnson's take at Star Wars. It's like okay, so you expect Luke Skywalker to be the Luke Skywalker you saw in the originals. Well, what if he wasn't? You expect Supreme Leader Snoke. Who, by the way, I loved that Snoke was just killed. And it was like he doesn't matter who he was, and that I and see, also I fucking hated that. <laughs> see, I like that. I like that because to me, it doesn't matter. And my other big thing is that I love that Ray was set up to be a no one, because the Force should not be about who you're related to. Oh yeah, and I, I, that setup that, was super. That is fine. Your parents are nobodies, and you are just naturally a Force sensitive person because the Force works that way. It is not. Oh well, I'm related to Palpatine as it ended up being. By the right, way, that decision whole, like, was made after they started filming the last uh, Skywalk or the final, whatever. They, they, the they, final Skywalk. The, 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 the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> they actually, they had no, they, and, and Kathleen Kennedy is on record for saying, yeah, we planned the Palpatine return. To, no, they did not. It was, it was decided yeah. like weeks. After, Daisy Ridley came out and said like, yeah, Every week there was a new idea of what was going to happen with right. this movie. At one point she was a have Kenobi, you, she said. Have you heard of the draft for episode 9 that was called Duel of the Fates? Yes, yes. The Colin Trevorrow okay. one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, is, that was the yes. original director for I it. I would have that much rather seen sounded, that movie. That actually continued the story from The Last Jedi better. Because... It did. The one thing... Oh, they got a lot of backlash for The Last Jedi. It wasn't all deserved, because like you said, Montana, like it, it took interesting directions and stuff. It was just different. And like we've said, Star Wars fans are the most violently hateful people towards their own yes. thing that they love. <laughs> that I, I don't even get it. It's, it's just, it's a very, like, you put it out there, 
and they're gonna just bite you for it. I mean, I don't even know why people make Star Wars content anymore, except for like right. John Favreau and Dave Filoni making The Mandalorian. Everyone's oh, nutting we'll get to over that. that. We will get to but that. The the backlash from the Last Jedi scared them into making a movie that was not a continuation of the story. It spent the first half hour literally wiping up the the <laughs> everything the Last Jedi set up, including like an entire character got completely sidelined. Because yeah. people didn't like her. To be fair, she was kind of like, she's a, she's a good actress. She did a good job and everything. I don't I don't know her name. The Rose. You have to actress. Kelly Marie. Kelly Marie. You have to prep and you have to preface that before you shit on a character these days because everyone thinks you're now hating on the actor or actress. Nope. And that's I also, not what we're there doing. Are some there are some characters that you I don't like because the acting is very bad. She's not right. one. Of them. She did a good job acting it, but the whole like, you don't win wars by. Killing what you hate, you win wars by saving what you love. Uh, I re- that line was so fucking. It's stupid. not her fault. It's not her fault. It's what the script was written as. But that's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking yeah. heard. It's it's like, one by it's one by loves. Now let's kiss on the backdrop of our friends being right. fucking destroyed. <laughs> he was about to save everyone in the. I was like, holy shit! That's such a meaningful character arc for him to go from this weaselly dude just trying to run away and live his life to I'm gonna die to save everyone. That would have been crazy, and instead, yeah, everyone dies because she wants to get some stormtrooper dick, which is a whole other. I don't even know if stormtroopers <laughs> have penises. I think they're eunuchs. That's my theory. So we've talked a lot about the sequels. I want to talk about Mandalorian now because there's a point to this I really want to make, and I feel like we've been getting close to it. Mm-hmm. And that is J.J. Abrams. I don't know if he's actually quoted for this. I've seen this a, a lot in memes and different you know still shots i don't know if he's actually quoted for saying this but the whole thing with jj abrams is you know you know his whole approach to the force awakens and then the rise of skywalker is that well it's impossible to make a movie that's or make a star wars story that's different enough to be original but then also appeal to the fans he basically, I don't know, if, I don't know if he actually said that or if that's just the idea behind him. But essentially, with J.J. Abrams, it's like, well, we have to make a movie like A New Hope because that's what Star Wars fans want. We can't make something new, or else they won't like it because that's what the prequels were. And you can blame all these problems on violent, angry man children on the internet. <laughs> that's that's how you blame everything movie related. If you, if anything is if anything involving anything is 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 criticized it is oh you're just a fat basement dweller man child and you don't understand well, society if you're, if you're if there's so many people who are so mad about a movie franchise that they have to completely scrap the movie they were doing in the first half and the next one then the fans are too invested like there is some blame to go to that of like you are insane like Nobody should send Kathleen Kennedy death threats over a movie because it's a fucking movie. <laughs> Even if like oh, Luke came back and was like, you know what? Leia and I aren't siblings and they had a kid together. You shouldn't try to kill Kathleen Kennedy because it's fictional. It's fictional, you little monsters. I think what you're getting into, Noah, talking about like death threats and shit, that's more of just a cultural issue than like a fucking... Yeah. Um, Star Wars issue because we've just gotten into this weird like I think it goes kind of hand in hand with cancel culture they're not the same thing but like 
It's just everybody's so fucking hateful now. <laughs> they are. And the internet emboldens people to just hate everyone. Um, The Mandalorian, which is what I, I oh, really yes. want to talk about that now. So we've talked about the sequels. We've talked about the prequels a little bit. Um, The Mandalorian, to me, is the perfect example of how you can appease every generation of Star Wars fans that exists up to now. Because there's a lot of talk about how Star Wars is unoriginal and there's literally nothing you can do with it. I strongly disagree. I feel like, for some reason, the Skywalker family story is what everyone keeps going back to. And even, I'll say this, even The Mandalorian does that a little bit at the very end of the most recent season, for example. Sometimes even that type of stuff can't get away from the Skywalker shit. There is, if you've read the books like I have and like many people have, there are so many cool stories and characters and ideas that exist within the the universe of Star Wars and yet all mainstream media seems to focus on. And it's because of nostalgia because nostalgia, nostalgia drives everything when it comes to marketing and making stuff in mainstream. But there are so much unique stuff that exists in the Star Wars universe that is not related to the original trilogy or that story. But that's and so the Mandalorian, for example, even though it takes place, what is it, five years after five years five five years after it's a handful of years, I think it's like eight years. It's five years after Return of the Jedi, which is what nine A B Y. If you're being specific with the the time period of what Star Wars, I don't know. There's there's a whole. I am amazed that you know that. Dude, I'm not like a, I'm not like one of those Star Wars nerds that knows everything, but I know more than most. I'm like a, (laughs) I don't know everything, but I might know more than I should. Yes. Yes. The Mandalorian is a fantastic example of here is a new story with new characters, but still feels like Star Wars and is different enough without being, you know, what we're used to without being too different. It's, it it has, it's a great balance of fun action adventure that feels like star Wars with new characters and new ideas to drive the plot. And it's simple. It's fucking simple. And it's it's great. It's a spaghetti Western. It's just in outer space. But that's when I hate spaghetti Westerns. And that's what I felt like was the weakest part of the show. But the second season, like, built on everything and kind of moved away from the spaghetti western. I feel like it really grew into its own with the second season because of that. See, a lot of people will argue against that, Alex, is that it was its own before, and the second season relies too much on stuff that we already know. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, but that's also but it that's, appeals to different faces. I really liked the first season because it was an episodic adventure show of like, it was like an old-style TV show where it's not Game of Thrones. It's not a huge drama with this enormous overarching plot that you have to know episode to episode. There is some of that with the kid and them getting chased and all that. But, like, it's also, you can just, you could you could plop down, watch half an hour on a Friday, and see him go through some fun adventure with, like, you know, the sand people or whatever the hell happened in the first season, or the prison break and all of that. And it's, mildly unrelated until like the last episode which i thought was really fun 
It is fun, and people definitely compare the show to a fetch quest of, like, say, Skyrim or Fallout. Oh, yeah, that's right, every so. episode. I need something. Well, I need but you to kill bad? this werewolf, so why don't but you is do that? Is that a bad thing? Is that that terrible? No, it's, because it's everyone still fun. fucking loves it. It's, I mean, no, it's bored the shit out of me the first season. Ah, uh, see, that's what I'm saying. Well, he's and, not a politician, and, and, so how could you expect to and, entertain And us? listen, <laughs> and for those of you listening, you'll understand this. Literally everything that Noah and I like, Alex hates. Except hate Mad it. Max, which is why I was doing an episode but, just jacking off the reasons for, But the reasons that me and Noah might like something are the reasons Alex may dislike it. And it's and then <laughs> right. vice versa. It's crazy to me how that how that is. We can both we can all three like the same thing, but the reasons Noah and I like it are the reasons no Alex doesn't like it. It's crazy. <laughs> so it so but but yeah. So but with the Mandalorian, I would say that I and don't get me wrong, I I definitely think the second season is better. I think the second season's a little bit more because yeah, the first season definitely felt like okay. First episode, he finds the kid, Baby Yoda. Grogu, but he's still forever Baby Yoda. Even the fucking creators of the show call him Baby Yoda. Um, they created a fucking monster of marketing with that. And yeah, um, I think he's done better than the fucking minions as far as like, oh, we made oh, yeah. a short, cute thing. It better not turn right. into like weird face. <laughs> and I'll things, say, though. first season of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian is part of uh, some guild that follows a creed he's also part of a covert so let's call them a cult he goes on a few adventures to meet new characters and then at the end of the season it ties back to the main story the second season does feel a little more coherent because the whole season's purpose is get this kid to a jedi get this kid to a jedi so he can be trained that is the purpose of the of the series of the or second season and yes every episode does feel like a fetch quest but every episode introduces something we know for the most part. We get Bo-Katan in one episode. We get Ahsoka. Fucking Boba Fett comes back, which that whole part alone is just fantastic, and I love it. Mm. Um, for obvious reasons. Beating people to death with a stick will always be Dude, entertaining. Yeah. That was, that really was and that's, to me, to me, that's fan service done well, which is, I'm, it's funny we've been talking this long and we haven't talked as much about fan service. Um, but it's like I don't have a problem with fan service because as a fan, I like seeing stuff I know. I do like seeing new stuff. But if you throw a little old stuff in there too, I don't mind. Right. If you're shoving it down my throat, it's like, hey, remember the things that were this thing before? It's, it's like, okay, that's South Park member berries. Remember yes, Chewbacca? Remember Napalm? <laughs> Remember AJ Orange? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, there there are definitely elements that can be ham-fisted and over the top. Boba Fett coming back, well, it's around the time period that is after when he supposedly died. There are plenty of stories that explain how he didn't die. I like that they did not, when Boba did come into the show... He was not, he did not overshadow Mando at all. Like, it was like, Boba's here, cool. He had a scene, but he's doing stuff in the background, and he'll have his own show. That's great. That's perfect, because I was worried that Boba would be like, okay, now it's the Boba Fett show. Because it's like, I like this story that they've made about Din, Jaren, the Mandalorian with the Baby Yoda. I like that stuff. I love to see Boba Fett again, but please don't make this like, oh, now, because every time Boba's on screen, you're like, it's Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. I don't care what anything's happening. It's Boba Fett. And it's like, you know, 
And we all definitely came in our pants when the seismic charge went off when he dropped it on those mm, two tie fighters. Did. Yeah. And that's that to me is fan service again done well. Okay, we want to show this. We want to show the seismic charge because everyone wants to hear that sound and see it. Well, well, he's he's got a yeah. How how do we incorporate that into the story without it being like, oh, look what we're trying to do? Well, he has to pick up these guys from a drop from like a a rendezvous point, and now they're going to be chased. Well, obviously, the way the ship is angled, he's going to drop a a bomb on them. He might as well drop the weapon that we all know is part of the ship. That's fan service done well. Not it didn't feel like they went out of their way to show it. It just fit in with what the yeah, story was, it was going fun for already, and it was entertaining, and it wasn't. Yeah, it's not an over the top, but it was, it was, it was awesome to see it come out and be like, oh, I know the sound that's coming, because like, my ten year old self is like, yes, yes, the seismic charge. <laughs> I feel like Mandalorian is a fantastic example of we can make a new story and still have fans of pretty much every generation enjoy it. And we can also do stuff that seems fan servicey up front, but in the reality, it's like it's fan service, yes, but it's fun and it makes sense and it doesn't matter. And I think that John Favreau and Dave Filoni should be in charge of all things Star Wars right. at Disney. So For sure, ahead. it's it's definitely a and Filoni and Favreau we trust kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Printed but, um, on the money. I. <laughs> But I keep up with a lot of um, like rumor mill kind of stuff online. So a lot of it's unofficial, but it's interesting to see because a lot of it like 50-50 turns out to be real. Apparently, there's a big like uh, dust up within the Lucasfilm division of Disney now, though, because they have like a story group that's been working on launching the new High Republic era for like they've been writing or whatever for like three or four years now. And it just launched this year. And I guess a bunch of the people that lead that team are really fucking pissed because they had no idea that they were bringing Luke back for the Mandalorian. And they think that Favreau stole their thunder by getting everybody to just focus on Mandalorian with Luke. And they think nobody gives a shit about the High Republic now. <laughs> and well, according to all the rumor mills, they're like trying to get um, Kathleen Kennedy to pull Favreau's okay to use Luke in the future because of it. To be fair... I don't think a lot of people care about what they're writing right now. I'm really I mean, excited. Like in comparison the, to the, the Light of the Republic or whatever just came out. What yeah, is I'm going to read it. That? I haven't yet. Is that a book? Like that. Yeah, the they released a couple comics and then the first book came out that's like the real launching stone for it. Um it's called The Light of the Republic, I believe, but it's set 300 years before they're Doing the um, same thing Game of Thrones is doing. Yeah, sort of. It has a young Yoda in it. Um, before Phantom Menace, but so there's a lot of speculation. Old Yoda, Baby Yoda, and now we're gonna have Teenage Yoda. Exactly. Jesus, it's it, just turning into there's a lot of speculation. <laughs> there's a lot of speculation that this era is leading into the um, Acolyte movie. The um, the lady that directed yes. the Russian Doll movie is making one called Acolyte, is, and it's supposed to be like a horror film centered around a Sith Lord. Is and that so a think, excited about movie that. or a show? It's a movie, or maybe it is a show. No, I think it is a show. show. It's a yeah, show. It's not a movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure what the like the only movie they announced in that was like the Rogue Squadron. Yeah, one, I think it's a movie. But um, but they think that all of this is gonna lead into Acolyte, which is gonna be like an origin story for um Darth Plagueis, which would I would be pretty okay with. I think yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. 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 And uh, since I finished my last one, I have another Einstock 
Icelandic beer. This one's a toasted porter. And uh, I've actually had this one before, and it's very good. It's like coffee nice. flavored. Sounds good. Oh, it is. So I will say um, with the Mandalorian still, uh, I... I can't see here's the thing. I, I want to sit here and I want to talk about, you know, criticizing, you know, fan service and how I was just I was just criticizing, you know, the sequels and the prequels. And I want to, you know, it's like I'm like, you know, on one hand, I want to be like, you know, oh, well, the first season of Mandalorian was technically original, so therefore it's better. But on the same hand, on the other hand, I want to be like. But when Boba Fett showed up in season two, I was like, holy shit, let's fucking go. So <laughs> there comes a point where what you know is technically better versus holy shit, I want to see this and I need this to happen. Because we are now living in, an, in a time where a show that's like, hey, you want to see Ahsoka Tano and the next episode you see Boba Fett and the episode of that you see fucking Luke Skywalker. Uh, we have that. That's fucking cool. And that's badass. Right. Yeah. And it, it is fan service in the sense of like, it's exactly what fans want, which isn't necessarily yes. a bad thing when you write it well. It is not. Because mm-hmm. exactly. bringing Palpatine so, back was also fan service, but it wasn't written very coherently. Because it was written a day before they shot it, which is ironic because that's exactly how they did the original movies too. That, that's how that's how they did. No, that's how they did. The, I was going to say the prequels because it's like if you look at if you look at behind the scenes videos, they literally had sets and props built like weeks before Luke has said even started writing the script. He went to the 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 designers and stuff. And he's like, okay, so I want this planet that's all lava. And Obi-Wan and Anakin are going to fight on it. Make something. I haven't written anything else yet. And I don't or... know why they're fighting yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like That's literally what happened. He was like, okay, so Jesus. Chewbacca's race, the Wookiees are going to fight battle droids, and Yoda's going to be there. Make something with that. I don't know anything else. To be fair, we got a great Battlefront map out of that. So True. True, we did. But that's my point, is that was ironic about the rise of Skywalker is the writing is very reminiscent of the prequels in a way because, okay. So Lucas, that's, that's almost star Wars has always been a like convoluted fuck. I don't know what's happening next. So I'm going to write it on the fly because the originals were that way. Right. The prequels were that way. The difference is they changed directors in the middle. So it got all disjointed. So I will say with the prequels, because I did say at the beginning of this, that I do like the time period that the prequels are set in for the most part, because I feel like whenever everybody now that's defending, not Alex, everybody now that's <laughs> defending the prequels, I feel like all they talk about is Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars, which arguably is the better part of what that time period and those movies are. I feel like the Phantom Menace is fucking pointless. There is nothing in that movie apart from Darth Maul that makes... No, no, hold on. Let me finish this. I'll give you your time, I promise. Just let me finish this. The prequels should have started at Attack of the Clones because I will agree with you that Attack of the Clones is better than the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is probably, in my opinion, the worst Star Wars movie. That includes Rogue One and Solo. All the Phantom Menace did was, okay, here's Anakin Skywalker as a kid. And here's a cool-looking Sith Darth Maul. Obi-Wan's character in that movie is, I'm off to the side and I'm Obi-Wan, and I'll be more important later. 
Jake Lloyd's Anakin as a 10 year old kid is so fucking different and incoherent from what he is later. There is nothing in that and movie to be that fair when you're a child okay. versus when you're a hormonal teenager. I know, but, but that's my point. You go from that to then the next movie. Okay. Now he's 10 years older. It's a complete, he's a completely new character. That's my point. Yes, you're right. At, at that young, it is a different character than who he is later that's in fair. the next Actually, movie. Now that you mention it like that, that's like introducing Captain America as a 10-year-old. And then that's jumping saying, him as but, Captain America. Unless you're going to do a different but. series of him as a kid, you go from you're kid... Missing, you're missing the overarching story of the prequels, though. As much as it is about Anakin becoming Darth Vader, it's also about Palpatine becoming the Emperor. The episode one is pivotal in showing his rise to power. The whole point of the embargo on Nabat and Naboo was to get rid of Valorum to put himself as Chancellor Palpatine. He would never have become Chancellor without the Naboo crisis, and all of that was done around Naboo. Like, that was the whole point of that. But it also, I think episode one, pre-time jump for episode two, gives a good glimpse into what, like, the end of the High Republic, what the Jedi kind of were when they were still, like, not fucked okay. up but like the prequel shows the descent of the jedi into darkness because by the end of episode three they're talking about fucking taking control of the senate and killing or arresting the the fucking chancellor out you could also you one. could See, write that in with like you could have people imply that his rise to chancellorship was unorthodox and then i just i think it has so much more weight because it shows his political prowess again politics that he orchestrated this whole fucking thing by manipulating the fucking Nemoidians. What, what, but not it also Nemoidians, shows, but, but here's the what's thing. What's the, the, the trade clan, the trade yeah, federation? The Nemoidians, which also, shit. I, I believe the, the, the fact that their race is called the Nemoidians is a riff on Leonard Nimoy. I, I agree with you. I think that a story about Palpatine manipulating people and using all these other aspects to create this you know what i mean there are a lot of interest okay and again as i said at the beginning of all this lucas is very good at writing interesting worlds and cultures and ideas it's just the execution is sloppy it's sloppy man it just I is it's just like i i watch phantom menace and my head hurts there's just there's there's a lot of as a film as a movie there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work if you want to talk about explaining what the actual lore is and what it was supposed to be, we can do that, and that's fine, and I don't disagree with it necessarily. I'm just saying that, yes, the High Republic, yes, the Clone Wars show, all these things explain it better now, but it's like, as this movie stood when they came out, yes, you can argue the politics side of it is what's what you like, but when I sit down to watch a movie called Star Wars... <laughs> that's the last thing I expect to hear the most about. Senate but I feel wars. like if you started, <laughs> if you started at Attack of the Clones, so Anakin is uh, an apprentice to Obi Wan Kenobi. You can even you could you could literally everything that you just said that's important in Phantom Menace could have been a a five minute flashback in Attack of the Clones, and you would have gotten the same amount of information that the Phantom Menace gave you. I don't think you're wrong. Like, I do think it would have structurally, it would have made more sense to have a movie at the beginning, middle, and end of the Clone Wars so that the yes. people were the Clone Wars. Totally get that. Uh, George Lucas, even in the 80s, he did an interview where they asked him if he'd ever make more, and he talked about that he had plans for prequels. He said he had an epilogue movie, and yeah. then he had a trilogy set 
years later. And so somewhere along the line, he cut out one of those and just made it into the three. So, like, yeah, I think structurally it would have made more sense. But being as it is, like, I still enjoy it for the aspects that it Oh, yeah. And I still enjoy the time period. I'm just saying that Phantom Menace alone, it, I, when I think about the, the, the prequels, my first thought is Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. And I guess Attack of the Clones because that's right when the Clone Wars starts. But yeah. then Phantom Menace just feels weird because it's like this was 10 years before all of it. And what exactly happened? Um, uh, young Anakin and Palpatine was manipulative, but you could have shown that later. Why does it have to be this far back? It just it feels disjointed and kind of out of I don't know. It just feels kind of out of place when you look at all three of them, because then you sure. have Attack of the Clones, which is OK. Anakin's young and naive. And I will admit you definitely see. Oh, okay, he's becoming a fucking prick. He's becoming, you know, you can see the dark side in him, Obi Wan and all that, you know, trying to, you know, be his master, and then Obi Wan with Jango Fett and all the stuff so with the clones, and then that let that be the first movie, and then the second movie is the fucking Clone Wars. Like, how cool would have like let's think about it. How cool would have been if it was like, like it an was actual a war say, movie instead of the start yeah exactly and the, end? the first the first prequel movie episode one was not Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace was a fucking fever dream that happened for five minutes in Attack of the Clones. It was Star Wars Episode One: Attack of the Clones, because everybody's like, oh shit, the clones, like the Clone Wars that's mentioned in the originals. And then, a few years later, it's Star Wars Episode Two: Clone Wars. And it was just the Clone Wars was the second movie. Could you imagine Hayden Christensen, Hugh McGregor, because the, the Obi-Wan show that's coming out is going to probably going to be like that's going to it's going to take a lot of uh points from the clone Wars show and apply it to these characters could you imagine a two and a half hour film set in the clone wars just directly because because attack of the clones starts it and revenge of the sith is at the end that's why dave filoni made the clone wars in the first place because there's this big chunk in the middle it's like where the fuck why are we not seeing this that's why that show was made and then subsequently why Mandalorian ended up happening. So imagine the second movie was just about the Clone Wars. And then you go into Revenge of the Sith. That would have been fucking cool. That, I, I agree with it you. I think been. that would be very cool. And I think, total sidebar, but the Clone Wars show as an animated kid show has no right being as fun to watch as an adult as it is. Such a good show. It, like, it shouldn't be. It's, you know, it's... But it is. It's the same thing Pixar does. Every time they come out with a new movie, it's like, this is for children that adults go into the theater sobbing. But that's the thing, <laughs> and Alex, we talk about the politics and how I've said to you, I've, I've agreed, the politics isn't what ruins the prequels for me. I don't necessarily mind that aspect of it. It's just, it's so dry and drawn out. The entire climax of Attack of the Clones is the clones attacking. Obviously, because of the title. Roll but all credit. the politics, but all the politics leading up before that is about Padme trying to stop the military creation act and like, I don't want war. We're trying to vote against this. Please don't let this happen. And then all the clones are here. Well, we're in war. Whatever. Cool. We're just going to go with this now. If you're, if you want to talk about the politics being important and crucial, it wasn't even consistent with that because it's like the whole well, lead up before was like we don't want we don't want the clones we don't want an army we're trying to be peaceful whatever blah da 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 
and then Obi-Wan's uncovering a mystery, and now the clones are here, and we're having a war, and Padme's like, well, this is aggression negotiations, it's fine. It's like, well, what was the point to everything that was before this? I mean, the Clone Wars show, she, like, she's still working against the war. Like, she didn't throw out her fundamentals, it's all of her colleagues that did, because then they're, like, everybody gets fucking scared. Like, I think that's sure. what, it kind of shows, like, Palpatine just forces, he orchestrates both sides of the war, to get everybody to fall in line. It's like Dick Cheney. Power. Like, that's what it's all about. I want to talk about one last thing. Hopefully this doesn't take too long. I have one little, one last point, and this is this is something we can all talk about that's not just, you know, um, us disagreeing necessarily. Um, R2-D2 a few days ago, character. a few days ago, at least as of this one, this episode was filmed, um, Lucasfilm Games is now a thing which very much feels reminiscent to LucasArts because EA has lost their exclusivity rights to making Star Wars games. How did that work? And they're not bringing... Um, I don't they're still making them. They just don't have a monopoly on it anymore. Basically, so... Okay, is that yeah, a contract so, thing or something? Yeah. Yeah, so they can still make the um, sequel to Fallen Order. Oh, that was a fun game. It was. Yeah, it was. But here's the thing. EA, so LucasArts, who, you know was the gaming division of Lucasfilm. They gave us, like, you know, The Force Unleashed, Bounty Hunter, um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, all these great classic Star Wars games. The They were working on uh, a game called Star Wars 1313. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah, that's the Boba Fett show. I saw the live yes. reveal of it, not show game. So yeah. right before, like a year or so before, um, Disney bought Star Wars from Lucasfilm. Um, LucasArts was creating and developing a, yeah, a bounty hunter-led game by Boba Fett, you know, Boba Fett being the main protagonist, Star Wars 13, 1313, which would be about Coruscant's underbelly and all that kind of stuff. And then um, Disney by Star Wars, Lucasfilm, LucasArts is officially, like, decommissioned, shut down, everything is like you. And then EA signs a contract for a 10-year exclusive right to... That was Star Wars game. 2013, yeah. So in 2013, um, EA signs a contract where they are now given the exclusive rights to create Star Wars games. They gave us, uh, I think in total, apart from mobile games, they gave us like four. It was Battlefront 1 and 2. Battlefronts. Battlefront 1 and 2, Squadrons, and Jedi Fallen Order. Order. And Um, there's a new Lego Star Wars coming out. That's not EA, That's though. not Shut EA. Up. I don't know that's, what that's we're talking games. about. <laughs> it's published through Warner Brothers. Lego Lego has... Yeah. This different. It's uh, TT Games is owned by Warner Brothers. Yes. So they EA had exclusivity to, like, realistic Star Wars games, I guess. But... Um, what are you talking about? But, yeah, they canceled... I realistically look so, like a Lego <laughs> man when I'm naked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your hands just, like, mold yes. in Fucking... Perfect um, but clamps. Yeah, EA... EA canceled more games than it released for yes. Star Wars. Yes. Which I think is why they lost their exclusive rights because I it's think like so too. at this point they're like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? I think that's you, but, know, uh, you know what I mean? There's also the whole fucking dust up with Battlefront 2 and the, the microtransactions and shit. That looks so bad for oh, Disney. Oh yeah. Well, I mean it's not well, like my, Disney's not a money grubbing company that will suck every cent out of you if you let well, it. Well my my theory is that EA, um, like you said, Alex, they, they canceled more games than they made, which is very true. Because I, I remember thinking about this the other day when I was hearing about this. I was like, wow, it's really been like eight, 
years since they've had this contract and they've only made like less than uh, less than five games like they they made a fucking battlefront game that was boring as shit then they made one with microtransactions out the wazoo. To be fair, they, they mixed they they nixed the microtransactions, and now that game is actually pretty fun. They did. It is. It was super it, fun. It's fun now, but then they make but then respawn is the main. Okay, respawn is the main reason we have um, Fallen Order. Like yes, right. Yes, EA produced it, but that's like giving Bethesda credit for Fallout New Vegas. Obsidian made that game, not Bethesda. I mean, like. Respawn was bought by EA, so they are an EA studio. Fair, fair enough, but it's it's like saying that Obsidian, uh, you know, Fallout New Vegas, for example, you know, Todd Howard had no control over Fallout New Vegas. And it's like, I, I, my point is, though, is I'm just saying that EA, there were all these great, unique, and cool titles that were announced and planned, 1313, for example, that were uh, that were scrapped. Now we've got, you know, Lucasfilm Games is now the, the, the new name of it all. EA has lost their exclusivity, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Ubisoft is producing the first Star Wars open world game. That sounds awesome. See, but like I am super reserved on my like excitement for it because it's being made by Massive Entertainment, who made both the Division games which are games-as-a-service games. That's all they make are games-as-a-service, where it's like you're in an MMO and like oh, you just do the same thing and grind for new guns. Like, I feel like Ubisoft is going to make another fucking game like that. I so, mean, it could I be know. like I'm Assassin's very... Creed, but with Jedi. That would be super fun. That would be cool. That would be cool. But I'm still hopefully optimistic, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. But But the same thing, it's like Bethesda is working on the Indiana Jones game, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, so it's, it's Bethesda's publishing. It's Machine oh, Games is the developer. I cannot wait they made for uh, some Indiana Jones. Right. That's just a but Nazi my, killing company. Glorious. But the thing is, like, it's there. But what's important to all of this is that EA, their, well, their contract ends in 2023. Um, right. But even now, two years before that, they've lost their exclusive rights. So we've got game, we've got big names like Ubisoft, Bethesda. You know, the fact that other companies are being allowed to work on this stuff is great. And um, I, 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 yes, I can understand with your, you know, with, with gripes against Ubisoft. And I've never, I've never played The Division, so I wouldn't know. Um, I played the second one. It's super shitty for me. Like, for my I, type of game, it was shitty. I, I, I got you, which means, Alex, if you hated it, means I'm probably going to love this game. Uh, so, uh, but it's, no, I mean, but here's the thing, though. It's like, I I don't know. I just, the fact that's, that Star Wars seems to be, I don't know, and I feel like The Mandalorian kickstarted this in some way, because it's like, okay, so everyone hates the sequels. Mandalorian shows up. Everyone loves it. Okay, instead of making new movies, let's pump out a shit ton of new shows. Because the Mandalorian's successful, do I think every show that's coming out now because the is going to be good? Probably not. It's you know some of the I, Acolyte looks great. I'm going to watch Ahsoka, Kenobi, Star Wars. Uh, was the the Rangers of the New Republic? Eh, something like that. Yeah, I think that's I, the Cara uh, Dune spinoff. Or so I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you both individually. Uh, yeah. Start with Noah. 
no here's here's the prompt for this question considering um the announcement of the new tv shows the the new uh announcement of the games everything that seems to be where we're going from from here what do you think the future of star wars is going to look like in your own opinion what do you think it's going to look like i think the best thing they've put out recently is the Indiana Jones game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, I think that the best thing they're going to put out, because the games they put out have been fun. Battlefront 2 is a lot right. of fun. Fallen Order was a lot of fun. Um, but as far as storytelling-wise, for people who don't play video games and whatever, I think the best thing they've got going for them are all the TV shows where they can kind of write out a narrative and plan it and shoot it over a season instead of having a release date, a deadline of here's two years to make a movie kind of thing. So right. I, I, I think it's in the shows. I think it's, you know, Ahsoka, Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett. I think all that stuff is going to tell better stories than the movies they've put out recently. That's what I think. I agree. I absolutely agree. Alex, same question. What do you think the future of Star Wars will look like? I think it's going to continue to get more and more like Marvel because if you even look at it just from a managing standpoint, the success of Marvel compared to the failures of Lucasfilm are just astounding. And like even now, you see them transitioning that way because from the onset, Marvel took the standpoint of we're going to have a gaming division that just works as a publishing label and shops out our IPs to companies that will give us the best return on our investment. And they did that with Spider-Man. They tried to do that with Square Enix for the Avengers game. That didn't pan out as well. But but Spider-Man Miles Morales seeing... is awesome. I just got it from a friend sure, of mine. Absolutely. And it is so good. Yeah, fucking love those games. But I think you see that with the Lucasfilm game thing. And then I think with the shows, it's going to turn into most of the shows, I think, are going to revolve around um, a central idea how like the phases of Avengers movies or whatever focused on getting to Thanos I think you're going to have a lot of the shows that at least set around the Mandalorian um, in one way or another kind of leading up to the creation of the new order or whatever um, I think they're going to explore Snoke's origin they're going to use Thrawn through Ahsoka to explore that they're going and to the show Thrawn. all the other I don't think they're gonna do that. God, but, I, that um, would that would actually make Star Wars completely new and different if they did that, though. That would be it would be so fucking cool if they had done that instead. There's there's like a the, in uh, universe version of them already, apparently in one of the books. Is there? There's it's a different name, uh, but it's the same idea of this like roving organic war like species that just disseminates planets, kind of thing. Yeah, or decimates. But, um, I'm not good with words. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it's just gonna grow into actually planning shit out, having a broad goal to build to, and like that's just not what they've done for the last. It's gonna force them to write a coherent story. Yeah, (laughs) that's terrible to have to say. It's 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 like we've said this before privately, but it's going to be what the Clone Wars did for the prequels where it fixed everything and patched a lot of the holes. You're going to have all these new shows p- patching the holes of 
the sequel trilogy and fixing and a lot of the issues. And it's of very that obvious because. of how many holes there are in the sequels compared to the prequels because it took one show to patch the holes <laughs> of the prequels. It's taking a fucking Marvel esque timeline to be to fair, patch the holes of the sequels. It took one show with like seven seasons to do that, That's as true. opposed to like I think it was eight. Yeah, it, it, that show seven. was around for a while. That's true. Yeah, a- equivalent like. It's probably close to the equivalent amount of screen time when you have four shows yeah. for one season as opposed to one show for eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if we can agree on anything in this entire episode, Star Wars Rebels fucking sucks. All right, thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> Forgot that existed. <laughs> Don't at me. That show's really, terrible. Really excited for the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. I'm excited for all the right. book of Boba Fett because I just want to see the Godfather on Tatooine. That's going to be good. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for enduring however long this episode becomes. Um, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, <laughs> but for this was f- probably my favorite one we've recorded. Well, yeah. I had a feeling this one, this one was going to be... Because this, this, this one involves all of us in a way that the others can't. Because, you know... We all well, there's, know yeah, there's no, there's no research or anything. It's just and that's why I really opinions for two hours. And as much as I tried to write a script for this episode... Even the script I did write, we barely used because I knew we were just going to go off on tangents and talk and discuss because that's what I wanted this to be anyway. Um, but, yeah, so there's going to be a lot more of that in the future with the this this excuse me this particular series, um, Tipsy and Tinseltown. We're going to talk about movies, TV shows, and occasionally music. Um, but, yeah, so tweet at us, um, DM us, whatever the fucking What's our video is. Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at somewhatsober.com. Um, Instagram somewhat sober pod. Yeah, we're somewhat um, sober pod on most things, and Twitter we're just somewhat sober, right? Type in somewhat sober. You see a skull and cross bottles. That's us. Um, let us know your many detailed opinions of Star Wars and the future of. Uh, but yeah, it's been a pleasure, y'all. I'm very much, uh, <laughs> very much tipsy at the moment with all this bourbon and whiskey I've been drinking. Um, peppermint schnapps is really churning in my ooh, stomach. Yeah, I'll bet, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You have done um, that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised. Zing. Hey, we, we didn't uh, quote the fucking movies at we, all at this one. We hardly quoted yeah. any memes. It was just all discussion, yeah. which is what this is going to be. Next anyway, movie one um, we do needs mm-hmm. to be Mad Max. I'm so hyped for that already. That and uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, my themed God, yes. well, oh, God, yeah. Nicolas Cage is a, a force of nature. <laughs> <laughs> Earth, Wind, Fire, and Nick Cage. Well, thank you all so much for listening uh, to this episode of Somewhat Sober, uh, Tipsy and Tinseltown. Um, but yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>